Hello and welcome to Sacred Stories, a podcast by the Office for Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats in Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. Sacred Stories is hosted by Reverend Dustin Pickett, Elizabeth Montgomery, Megan Crowley, Rachel Bell, and myself, Mike Bennett. Join us every other week as a member of the UD community shares how their story intersects with a reading from a sacred text and encourages us to explore that same intersection in our own life. For our first episode, we're joined by Scott Papalow, Campus Minister for Liturgical Music, who supports our undergraduate music ministers and conducts choirs for the university's large liturgies. Some affectionately know him as Scotty Keys, given his prominent place behind the piano at our liturgical celebrations. Thanks for being with us today, Scott. Hello everyone, Scott Peplow here, and I'm excited to share with you one of my favorite scripture passages from the Holy Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 to 32, and this is from the New International Version, and of course this story is the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us?
Two summers ago, my wife Mary-Kate and I had the privilege and opportunity to take a walking holiday around the Dingle Peninsula in Ireland, where we walked the majority of the Dingle Way. And on the fourth day of our walking journey, we encountered a part of the trail that went through a mountain called Mount Brandon. And the previous day, seeing a sign talking about the trail and features of the trail that were ahead of us in the direction that we were following, we saw mention that the path that goes up Mount Brandon is only to be attempted in the best of weather conditions. Well, when we woke up the morning of our supposed climb up the mountain to follow the trail, there was a bit of overcast, a slight gentle breeze, and our innkeeper, who provided us with a wonderful breakfast, asked whether we'd be taking the northern route, which was the traditional one that went up the mountain, or the southern route that stuck to a small valley and kind of went around the base of the mountain. And perhaps it was pride or ignorance We'd made the determination, Mary-Kate will tell you that I made the determination, to go up the mountain and say, oh, of course, we got this. Piece of cake. Perhaps I should have been clued in to the face that the innkeeper responded with, and then the advice that he provided just saying, well, be sure that you have a guidepost either in front of you or behind you at all times, because as you venture up the mountain... If you get lost, there are crevasses or cliffs that can be quite dangerous and can result in significant harm. So we set off, ready to go and ready to conquer the mountain. And again, as we moved through the base and began our ascent, the winds were gentle coming off of the ocean, which accompanied us for most of our walk around the Dingle Peninsula through the Dingle Way. But as we began to move up the mountain, the fog intensified and got thicker, The winds began to become much stronger, and when we made it to the top, it really was the experience of make sure that you can see the guidepost behind you, and can one of the two of us find a guidepost ahead to know which way we are going. At the peak, the wind was howling around us. The fog was so thick that you could barely see 10 to 15 feet in front of you, and we reached a point where suddenly there wasn't anything in front of us at all. It was only white. So it was very clear that we had reached some sort of significant cliff, but there was no way to discern how we were to go forward. Where was the next guidepost? This looks like a significant technical climb down. How are we going to be able to navigate this? How can we find our way? Do we need to turn around? And of course, all of this is happening in the context as we're getting pelted with rain, The wind is howling around us, taking rain flies off of our packs. So needless to say, it's easy to poke fun of and and speak lightly of right now in this moment, but needless to say, we were both filled with significant fear about how it was that we were going to proceed and get safely down the mountain without being those Americans on the evening news who needed to be rescued from the side of the mountain because they did something stupid. So I think this is akin to what the disciples were probably experiencing as they were leaving Jerusalem. Here were two individuals who believed in the promise of the Messiah in the name of Jesus Christ, and who, I'm sure, felt very defeated 
and perhaps very much afraid, having seen how Jesus was crucified and killed, that they were in danger for having believed in him and believed in the promise of his name. So there's disappointment, there's fear, there's uncertainty. And they walk to Emmaus and are greeted by this stranger who opens up the scriptures to them. As I was reading through this passage once more to create this reflection for you, friend, I was struck by the phrase from Christ where he says, how foolish you are. And I thought to myself, I am certain that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit were all chuckling and laughing at Mary-Kate and I as we were stuck at the top of a mountain, unsure of how it is that we were going to proceed. And I'm sure that Christ was saying, oh, Scott, how foolish you are. And I wonder for the disciples when he said that to them, if there was perhaps a bit of a chuckle there of, yes, okay, come on, don't you see this in the prophets? but also a bit of a loving understanding of, let me open this up for you and let me show you the way. Let me help you to understand. Because of course, at the end of the story of the road to Emmaus, there is this incredible revelation where Jesus breaks the bread, he is revealed to the disciples, and he disappears. And Mary-Kate and I very much had a similar kind of revelation as we were stuck at the top of Mount Brandon without being able to see anything in front of us, just this wall of white we had a intensely prayerful experience, certainly enabled by the fear that we were encountering. And in the midst of our prayer, suddenly the sky was simply opened to this stunning and breathtaking panorama of the valley beneath us. Suddenly the sky was blue, the fog lifted, the sun cut through beautifully, and Mary-Kate was able to crawl to the edge of the cliff and see a big yellow arrow about 200 meters down showing us the way forward. Were not our hearts burning within us as our eyes were opened to find the way forward? And I'm certain that God laughed at us. So we made it safely down. We completed our technical climb. But it certainly left us with an experience that neither of us will ever forget. And it's one that we're excited to pass on to our newborn son, Brendan. So this got me thinking, friend, as we move through this pandemic and continue down the long road of what COVID-19 has done to the year 2020, I wonder what are the expectations that we continue to hold that Christ might chuckle at and might say, oh, how foolish of you, Scott. What is important in our life? What isn't important? And how do we reframe those given the current state of our world and the realities that we live in during this pandemic? And perhaps more importantly, in what new and what profound ways has God revealed God's self to us as we continue to move into our new realities? May God continue to bless us. May God guide us. May God open our eyes in the breaking of the bread, and in all of our little e-Eucharistic revelations along the way. Now, let us pray. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. 
I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. A prayer by Thomas Merton. Thanks for listening to Sacred Stories, produced by Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. Our theme music is by Scott Paplow, Campus Minister for Liturgical Music. We hope this and future episodes help inspire you to explore the sacred experiences and intersections with your own life journey. If there are ways we can support and accompany you in your journey of faith, please reach out to us. You can learn more about campus ministry on our website, udayton.edu ministry, our Instagram, which is at udcampusministry, and our Facebook. Check out our videos on our Campus Ministry YouTube channel and our upcoming events for undergraduate students on 1850. Peace and God bless.